Sure, I got no bell to ring to uh, divide the show up that way. That was the intro. A little Billy Town at the end of me, but this is not the end of me. No, folks, it's Scarborough Dude back at you already. It is January 1st. I only put out podcast yesterday. Wishing you all uh, a happy new year or something along that line. Something about being yourself, the hardest thing it is to do. So, uh, yeah. If I was going to give New Year's resolutions, uh, which I'm not, it would be, uh, you know, make 2022 the year to to be yourself even more than you are now. If that's possible. If that is possible. The thing is, the self you're going to be in 2022 is going to be different from the self you are now and you were because you're always redefining yourself remaking yourself, re-being yourself. That's it. You're a re-being yourself. I wish I could remember that for a title. Uh, I'm in Buffers Park. Uh, I'm about to go out for a walk, I hope. I've got my walking poles with me. Uh, Great day, lots of people. January 1st, of course, it's a holiday, and I guess lots of people decide it's a day to come to the park with your family or friends and a cup of Tim Hortons coffee, which I've got with me. Hang on. This was a, a no mistake, Tim Hortons. This was, never mind the bloody app. Just go to the drive-thru and order it and use the damn Tim's card. Never mind your 30% off or whatever. I, you know why? Why bother? But, uh, yeah, I guess I suppose now that I think about it, that would have been a smart thing. But I didn't want any trouble. I just, you know, pay. I've got all these damn cards, five of them. Pay. Here. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, I couldn't hold back. It's January 1st. I feel I've got to make something out of the day. And how do I make things out of my days? Sometimes it's just by uh, making a podcast clip. And uh, that's what this is or is shaping up to be, I hope. I was listening to um, Stephanie... But I was listening to Stephanie, not on uh, the podcast, you know, Tasty Things or whatever it is they do. You know, Salt and Licorice. I can't remember the name. The one she does with the other, that big guy. Um, I was listening to the Garbage Cast. And I was kind of excited about it. Oh, I see. It looks like I've only got a minute and 29 seconds left. Is that possible? Hang on. I'm really glad I got 
Stephanie to participate in this episode. And um, in the reviews we had a, a while back, uh, the wine reviews, that was awesome. Uh, it's certainly okay. Okay, I'm gonna have to wind back for some reason. Um, it it I guess it was set up to play, and I wasn't listening. So I'm rewinding. I'm actually rewinding the garbage cast. How many people do that, right? So that I can hear uh, Stephanie talk about why she doesn't make New Year's resolutions. She did. Say, she said something about I think it might have been cognitive therapy, and that's what hooked me. I thought, oh. I want to know more about that. I'm sure she's talked about it before, but I don't hear enough, damn it, of people talking about their inner workings, their brain, their malfunctions. Now, I think MMD, to his credit, is actually goes in that direction. And so, MMD, hats off to you, and hats off to you for all the progress you made in 2021, like getting married. How big is that? All those cups and things you're... you're Pimping out there as as the merch man or something like that, um, and you know, moving forward in life with plans to become more financially independent and so on. Good for you, good for you. Um, sometimes in our own lives, that which pass day by day, you know, of course, we don't see. All the changes, but other people, you 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 haven't talked to somebody for a while, and you catch up and say, "Oh, gosh, I didn't know you did that. Oh, I didn't even know you liked that. Oh, really? Wow, that's something." So uh, on that little catch-up podcast, the Garbage Cast, I heard a lot about MMD and uh, what's going on in his world. So, yeah, good for you, MMD, and I. We have a history. And part of our history is pretty ugly. In fact, it was one of the ugliest histories in, in Canadian podcasting, I think, for a while. But we got past that. And I'm happy about that. MMD, pleased to uh, please that you and I are back on track. One of the reasons is he and I were the only two pot smokers. When we'd have these gatherings, amazing to think I'm part of a crew that doesn't drink or barely drinks. Some collect bottles, like Anthony, collects big bottles of liquor, but doesn't drink them. And uh, the rest of them will have a beer, but, you know, that's about it. But uh, MMD and I would often find ourselves sitting on a bench outside having a toke, which is a good thing, not a bad thing. Speaking of which, I, I, God, I so rarely toke at all. I'm saving it all for when Barnacle Bill visits. Probably within the next week. I'll be sitting here in Bluffers Park in the road track with Sal, with the fridge, and uh, making a day of it. I think I've already talked about that, so let's save that till the time comes up. When the time comes, Barnacle Bill is really, not at all fond of podcasting or that idea. If I was to haul out a mic in his presence, he would be very uncomfortable. It would spoil the day, so that isn't going to happen. You're only going to get the the after story, you know, once he's... uh, Probably on a plane heading back to Vancouver. So, yeah. I Coming down here, I was behind a car that was going very slow. Now, the speed limit is only 30 and it's downhill. And, you, you, you know, so he's forgiven. Uh, okay, okay. I'm just sorry. I just wish I could have bombed along, but uh, I had to wait behind him. But the trouble is he was going exactly 
where I was going and slower and slower. And I'm guessing it was a person visiting this park for the first time ever. So you're extra slow at that point. And I found myself in no time. Oh, come on. Come on. Fuck it. Move it. Come on. Oh, for fuck's sake, man. Come on. No. Jesus Christ, man. Come on. Fucking go. And realized then and there, oop, too late to make a uh, New Year's resolution about being more patient. I should, you know, but I'm I'm not. It's there. It's part of me. And, you know, just accept it and move on. Try. I mean, be aware of it, which is a good thing. If you have shortcomings or things that you know you should change, maybe at least own up to it, as I've just done, and then maybe the next time, excuse me, you'll be a little more, uh, you know, less likely to engage in the practices that you uh, you know are not good. We'll leave it at that. Ten-minute starter. Not much more to say. Listening to the countdown on Indian Indy 88. I just want to give a huge shout out to all the parents who are listening right now because it was challenging. It was really, really challenging. But I got to say this, the last four months that we've just had from September until now have been probably the best four months of my kid's life. So he's been so happy. So now let's look ahead to 2022 here, Josie. What do you think is going to happen? This is my <laughs> plea, okay? This is my plea right now to any politician who is listening, and I know you listen to Indy 88, somehow make it safe for kids to remain in the classroom. And this is coming from a mom who has an immune-compromised kid. Somehow make it safe. Because for their own mental health, we need kids to be in the classroom. And I will play okay. the politician responding. Okay. Um, I'm not a magician. I can't magically Okay, make it okay. I don't care about your answer to it. That, that was good. That was that was authentic, right? I, I like to take you into the here and now. And that's what was just heard on the air at 2.31 p.m., January 1st, 2022, on Indy 88. Okay, so what number are they at now? Colorado. Oh, I love this. Let's listen to this, okay? Yeah.
dude recording oh my god there goes one of those french poodles and you know it's been well shaved i guess you know groomed they're such weird looking dogs i understand people say they're really intelligent they're just they've never been a favorite for me like i don't even want to touch that curly furry hair i like i like a dog with a snout you know long nose uh thick fur you know, often mongrels. These poodles are just a little too refined. It's the same for cats. Like, I'm just your average cat. When I see these uh, no-hair cats, or the ones, um, well, I know I've got to be careful. John Meadows now has adopted Siamese cats. They're pretty special. I've never had one, but I just like your average dog, your average cat, you know, uh, anyway, okay, so, <laughs> that was a squirrel tangent, you know, hey, I'm sitting here at, uh, Bluffers, and I've just come in from the cold, I, uh, I got my deck chair out of the car, and sat, there's a little spot here on the boat launch side, and there's a few boats that are moored here, which is weird to see, couple of sailboats and uh, a couple little mini yachts, you know, or boats, really. And I just sat there and I listened to Mark Maron interviewing the Smothers Brothers. By God, did I love the Smothers Brothers. Now, what was funny was Mark Maron was born in 93. No, 63, sorry. 
So, I mean, he doesn't even know these guys, you know, from when he was a kid. But for me, holy shit, 65, they're on TV. I'm in high school. This is just the right time for me. And it's something else. It's sort of like the Beatles. It's, you know, when they hear people talking about the Beatles, but they've only discovered them afterwards. That's fine. I'm happy people like the Beatles at any age, okay? I'm just saying, for me... The experience was special. So when I hear one of the old songs, an old Beatles song, like I played on the last episode, it takes me back to that time and that album. You know, you were waiting for the next Beatle album. It was a moment in time. Oh, my God, they've come up with another one, and it's different. But I'm I'm saying I'm starting it, you know, Twist and Shout and uh, Meet the Beatles and these early ones. Uh, wow, how wonderful, how exciting. Anyway, I felt very strongly, loved the Smothers Brothers. And in fact, either the first or the second album I ever had uh, that was mine was the Smothers Brothers at the Purple Onion. Uh, that was, you know, really early on, uh, even before their TV show. And then, of course, sales really picked up after they got on, was it CBS, that they got fired from three years later. They were really pushing the limits in terms of being anti-Vietnam War. And uh, just enough that the people up top and, you know, uh, people in government, uh, the execs, the suits, were trying to tell them, no, you can't do that, and eventually fired them. And, of course, that just sort of strengthened their reputation. Anyway, it was a wonderful little visit down memory lane. Uh, speaking of which... Nice segue there, Ken. I drove along Kingston Road to get here, and there's a whole stretch. In fact, a large part of Kingston Road here in Scarborough uh, is motels, old motels. And they would have been, Kingston Road was the King's Highway. Um, Kingston Road was Highway Number 2. It was the main highway before the 401 put it, between Montreal, uh, Kingston, uh, Ottawa, well, no, it goes up to Ottawa, between Montreal and Toronto, okay, Kingston in the middle. And uh, so these motels, they would have served people maybe going in to visit Toronto. It would have been a lot cheaper than a hotel there or people on business. And lately they've been turned, some of them have been turned into women's shelters, uh, refugee, refugee shelters. Um, they've seen better days but I've just noticed the one right on the corner when you come down uh, Brimley uh, and you turn uh, south to get into here, Bluffords Park, is all boarded up. And I've always thought when I pass them, it would be a wonderful project for a photographer to capture. You know how you'll see a picture of something, I'm on a lot of Facebook groups where just nostalgia of Lachine, Montreal and so on. You see a picture, oh, yeah, God, I remember that. And, of course, it's all changed now. They're gone, old restaurants and things. And these are those, these motels on Kingston Road. Uh, they're not going to be here forever, and they're starting to close. This one is now. And it would have been such a perfect project for a photographer, for somebody, you know, maybe somebody commissioned by the city, whatever, 
to capture these with their neon, all their signs and their names, you know. They're very, very cool. Have a nap and the Avon and things you'd see, you know, the old Route 66 days, you know, the same thing. These closing down. That road's not important anymore. People don't stay at those hotels or motels, you know, maybe a few prostitutes or whatever. Criminal elements. Um, but I, I made me think of our good friend Tim Coyne, who sadly we never hear from. Like He pops up occasionally on a tweet somewhere. Um, those of you later to podcasting will not even know who Tim Coyne was, that he did the Hollywood podcast, and he was he was there at the beginning, and he was what basically all my friends considered the best. Like, he went to Hollywood to be an actor, um, didn't have a, uh, a successful career as an actor, but uh, still involved somehow in business and has survived... Very interesting guy, a bit frail. Um, a person, yeah, with with issues, and of course that was what made his podcast so wonderful. When you when you listen to them, uh, he was just he was a pro. Well, Tim took on another project, and it was payphones in Los Angeles, and he bought the gear and the equipment, and and traveled around at night and set up. And it's probably can still be found somewhere uh, on the internet. Uh, they were just amazing photos of, of again of a time that's not there anymore. It doesn't exist. It's gone or it's going. He was capturing them before they went. And I'm just so sorry. Every time I drive along Kingston, and I see those things. I have the same thought. I'm not the guy to do it. It'd be somebody. It'd be a John Meadows or somebody with good camera gear. Uh, and, you know, preferably at night where you got the neon lit up and uh, it's it's going to be gone. So like everything else in life, and I guess you, when you get older, when you get my age, and oh my God, this mother's brother is in their 80s. It was, it was almost frightening. They're, they're going to make a little bit of it. They've been retired 12 years and they're going to do sort of a comeback special kind of thing, which would be would be good the way they talked about it, using video clips and from old shows and uh, Q&A and uh, a few bits and their songs. I don't know how well you, the listener, what the Smothers Brothers mean to you. Uh, <laughs> they meant an awful lot to me. I'm not going to say much more. Uh, I just came down. It was a bright, sunny day. It is Monday, January 3rd. It's a holiday for my wife, too, or uh, anybody who has regular holidays from the New Year's Day extended, you know. And, uh, yeah. So here we are, and I think I'm going to uh, say, here we go. I'm off. Maybe I'll drive. Maybe I'll just, yeah, do a little bit of a drive around somewhere. All right, Scarborough Dude signing off. Just wanted to share a little bit of nostalgia with you. Bye for now.
Yeah, that one has a much longer after ring or reverberation, whatever you want to call it. Uh, of course, that's the uh, the big bell, which means we're in the road track. Me and Sal here, got my slippers on, got my feet up, got the uh, blue LED lights up. Oh, God, they look nice. And uh, I got a whole list. I made notes today. I got a whole list of things to do, um, to talk about. Uh, and, God, I don't know how I'm going to get through them all. Or how boring it might be if I just keep droning on and on. We'll try not to. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to cut to something short. Here's a little list. I just I just copied the picture. You know, these little memes that go around. It's called Zen Things. And I'm going to read them out and um, just see what you think. I don't agree with necessarily all of them. And so maybe I'll read them and comment. Uh, number one. Do one thing at a time. Do one thing at a time. Now, that seems like good advice. You know, if you're watching a movie, watch the movie. And I find I, I'm i addicted to a game of solitaire. It's very hard. You might get, you might win once in 25, 30 times. And also, I keep stacking the deck. I keep sort of hitting redeal, redeal, redeal until I can see some aces in the front row. And think, okay, I got a chance here, you know, how many aces are there already on display? Uh, anyway, I find I'll watch a movie and I'll have this going or I'll have my crossword puzzle open and and I just go back and forth and it's it's hard. I know a lot of people are like that, but it's it would be better if I'm going to watch the movie, watch the damn movie, you know, just, just put everything else aside. But uh, I guess that's kind of where they're coming from, you know. Be be where you're at is really what they're meaning. Number two, do it slowly and deliberately. Do it slowly and deliberately. Yeah, what can you say about that? You know, I take your time, do it right. Be aware of each. Yeah, I'm, I'm right away to my mind. It comes just uh, oiling the chain on your bike. If people still do that kind of thing, <laughs> um, you know, yeah. Turn the spokes, turn the, that sprocket, and uh, get those drops in the right place. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, it makes sense, right? Three, do it completely. Ugh. Do it completely, like finish the job, and that's something. I have a loose door handle on our sliding door that it's probably going on 20 years that it's been like that. And I've, I've replaced the screws many times. I've had friends look at it. It was like the doorknob that led to the basement that my wife finally took over. And John Meadows made me the wonderful, uh, doorknob hunko or stamp, you know, because I saved these things. <laughs> Ew. Do, do it completely. Not so good at that one. Do less. Yeah. Hmm. Do less. I like. I overall, I don't think this is a good list. Put space between things. Put space between things. So I'll, I'll let you decide. You you decide if if they make sense to you. Put space between things. You know, as you transition from one thing to the next, maybe a little bit of quiet or calm between them. I don't know. Develop rituals. Hey, I don't. I don't even like the sound of that. Develop rituals. Who did this Zen thing? Come on. Develop rituals. 
I mean, I have that when I shower. It's always the same ritual. It's a routine, you know. Right down to the very last thing I have to do is put my chin under the the stream of water coming down and wash my goatee. I've already washed it. I've already soaped. I've already lathered my face and everything else. But I have one <coughs> final movement, and that is, you know, put the chin under. Okay, that's the last thing. It's like it marks an end. So, yeah, I do these rituals. Um, but the idea of telling somebody to develop them, I think they're just there. They happen. Seven, designate time for certain things. Oh, Jesus Christ. This sounds like, this is, sounds like a time management. This is not fucking Zen. Designate time for certain things. Fuck you. Fuck you. Eight, devote time to sitting. Well, I do that. You know, I don't really have to devote time to it. I just do it. God. Nine, smile and serve others. This is the shittiest Zen list I have ever seen. I'm glad I'm sharing it with you just to show you how shitty I think it is. Ten, make cleaning and cooking become meditation. Well, okay, I get the, not the cleaning part, not so good, but the, the cooking I get into. And it's you know, like all the ingredients laid out beforehand, step by step, the instructions there. Maybe a podcast playing in the background which would be doing two things at once, but hey, um, become a meditation. So yeah, get into it. You can, you can, you can do a good job cooking. 11, think about what is necessary. What do you mean think about what is necessary? Again, this sounds like one of these fucking time management gurus. This is not Zen. Fuck you. 12, live simply. Yeah, give up fucking lists. All right, we're going to abandon that one. God, I hated that. I didn't. I, I had questions about it before. I didn't realize how much I hated it until I shared it with you. Now, the other one is from a humanist page, and I like it. Written by somebody called James Hemming, I guess. Got to move a little closer to read it. Okay. Now, this one I like. The meaning of life is to live it as wholly as we can, as abundantly as we can, as bravely as we can, here and now, sharing the experience with others, caring for others as we care for ourselves, and accepting our responsibility for leaving the world better than we found it. Now that one, I am 100% behind. That one I really like. It's one sentence. It captures everything. Um, I reflected on leaving the world better than we found it. And I asked myself, okay, what have you done to make it a better world? And the answer was my study tours. I, I, I can hold on to that and say, if nothing else, the fact that I brought, you know, thousand or more young people from Japan to Canada and match them up with good people, good host families who also had the joy and the pleasure and learned and loved to be with these young ladies who were so fine anyway, uh, so well-mannered and so well-brought up and, and representing the good in Japan. Um that these families got something out of it too. I feel really, you know, bam, okay, there it is, done it, check. And, and I, I, I can say that, you know, without embarrassment. The job I did, the work I ended up doing, 
I wouldn't say that about Nigeria. Nigeria maybe come out neutral. I don't think I really helped anybody, but I made good friends and good relations with the, the local people, and I had the time of my life. All the times I got drunk, all that doesn't really count. But, um, yeah, the the study tours. Okay, moving on from there. Here's a note. Life insurance coming on. Life insurance. You can sell your life insurance policy. If it's 100000 or more, we'll buy it. I'm seeing this ad on TV, you know, and I. it's so sad because who's going to sell? Who's desperate enough to sell their life insurance policy because they need the money now? People who are desperate. People who are in America. There's an American ad paying hospital bills trying to survive, trying to, you know, out of work because of COVID or whatever, trying to pay rent, had an insurance policy. Maybe their mother got it for her father, got it for them. And now they're at the point where, God, I need some cash. I'll just sell my life insurance policy. It just seems so mercenary. It just seems so ugly that, uh, you know, why would you want to do that? And it's the same for reverse mortgages in your house. Hey, live the life now. You don't need to leave the kids anything. We'll take your house. Well, they're only doing it because it's a big fucking business and they're going to make money off you, off your misfortune. God damn, that's awful. All right, all right, all right. Um, I, I'm done with the Smothers Brothers. I enjoyed that trip, uh, just going through YouTube, through all the old videos, but uh, we're moving on from there. We've done that. Um, sadness about... COVID and the impact on children. As I say, for me, it's just been fun. Fine. Hey, I've had a great time. This has been time off. No problem. I'm old. It doesn't matter. I may, I mean, I'm out to pasture. I'm that cow just sort of grazing away, looking up at the sky once in a while. I'm just, I'm just there. But kids living their life, the importance of friendship, of running around at recess, about making friends or sharing secrets, all the things kids do when they're together at school. Damn, these poor kids are hit hard, and they're really worried about the amount of uh, damage emotionally, mentally, for a lot of kids. The kids who aren't talking, the kids who are withdrawn. And you think, oh, for some families with a lot of money, it's a lot easier. And for families that don't have much and there's no support and maybe one or both parents are out working and kids are left to fend for themselves and they don't have a lot of resources to share not every kid has a nice the newest iphone uh it's tough it's really tough and school was a place where they need to be where they might be treated if they're lucky with, with respect and support and caring from a, a good teacher <sighs> The once normal aspects of school life, lunchtime, extracurricular activities, assemblies, school trips, parent-teacher conferences, reliable bus schedules have been transformed, if not eliminated. For so many kids, school represents a safe, comfortable, reliable place, but not for nearly two years now. A lot of the joy and camaraderie that signifies a happy, productive school culture has disappeared. Schools across the country say they're seeing an uptick in disruptive behaviors. That is so, so, so sad. All right. Moving on. Should we ring the bell just to signify that I'm moving on? New segment. Yeah. Um, It's all settled. I'm going to meet Barnacle Bill uh, on Sunday. We'll spend the day in Sal down at uh, Bluffers Park. Um, And meanwhile, getting on with life. 
I'm so glad the snow has melted off Sal. Like the roof is buried in it and it's gone now. Mild weather, it's wet. And uh, so we're good to drive. I don't know what it'll be like Sunday, but we'll be fine. Um, I finished the podcast I was listening to on CBC, which I so highly recommend. Recall How to Start a Revolution about the FLQ right up to the time of Pierre Laporte being murdered, James Cross being released, you know, turned over on St. Helens Island when the uh, kidnappers were turned over to the Cuban authorities and put on a, on a Canadian plane and flown to Cuba. That was the deal. No money, no ransom. You're not getting your friends out of jail, but you guys can have safe haven in uh, Cuba if you turn over um, James Cross, the British uh, diplomat or business advisor, who was uh, held for two months. So uh, he was okay. They didn't really mistreat him other than, you know, uh, him being cut off. It was his wife, of course, who would have suffered worrying about, is this guy going to get out of this alive? You know, two months is a long time to be in the hands of captors in a basement apartment with about 10 people um, who were apparently upset when they heard that this other cell had murdered uh, Pierre Laporte, uh, a member of the Quebec legislature, and thought, whoa, whoa, we don't want to go there. Uh, that was not really what we had planned. This was just going to be in a, in a, a kidnapping for, uh, for money and to get some of our friends out of jail. Anyway, fabulous story. If you, you, you should, if you're Canadian, you certainly should know about it. Trudeau's famous words, you know, how far will it go? <clears throat> just watch me. And the bottom line is, some people swore that was just awful that he invoked the War Measures Act. Some people, myself included, said, yep, you did the right thing. This was a time when somebody's murdered. People have already died in bombings, you know, in mailboxes and so on. <coughs> people were killed. I mean, it was there was violence associated with this movement to separate from Canada. And uh, when Cross was kidnapped and then, you know, especially after they found out Laporte was murdered, hey, okay. You guys want to go play this way? Well, we're going to play hardball too. And um, yeah, and in the end, it kind of resolved itself, you know? Those people went on and uh, there wasn't a whole lot of bloodshed. And, and, and most people, especially after Laporte's murder, uh, although they'd like to say, well, it was really, we didn't really mean to. His, uh, his chain with his cross got caught up in his sweater. And when he pulled his sweater to restrain him, the chain choked him to death. Yeah, didn't sound quite right. So it was, you know, that wasn't murder. It was, uh, you know, an accidental death, whatever. No, no. Anyway, moved from there to another piece of Canadian history. I know this is taking a while, but uh, bear with me. That I also witnessed. See, I was in Montreal for the time of that, you know, January um, 1970 for the uh, for the whole FLQ crisis. Um, and then it made me think back, oh, yeah, well, also around that time, there was a Sir George Williams riot, sometimes called the, uh, uh, it, was a, it was a riot that came about after, some students from the Caribbean, black students, accused a biology professor, Perry Anderson, of 
um, racism, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, I know, but I know damn well you've forgotten. I couldn't tell you when. It might have been years ago. might have been less. But it was the fact that I'd lived through that, too. That that was taking place in uh, February 1969. And so, of course, I Googled it and looked up, and oh, yeah, National Film Board uh, made a film uh, directed by somebody called... Uh, what was her name? Mina Shun, a filmmaker. It was called Ninth Floor. That's uh, free if you're on uh, on National Film Board. You can find that. Just Google National Film Board, and it'll show you all the titles they've done, and you can watch it free on your television set called Ninth Floor. Uh, I think it was from uh, February 2015 or maybe a little later, about what took place in 1969 in February when the students took over the faculty lounge, then barricaded it through, you know, blocked the chairs. And so nobody could get in the university or, or in that case, in out. Um, there was a fire started. And I guess the part where it gets really, really tricky, because they interviewed all these people, was one of the people, one of the protesters saying, do you think we would have really lit that fire when we were up there? My opinion is it was done by the police deliberately. Uh, I personally don't believe that. Same for you. On, on, where's your, what side are you on? No. They had already taken axes to the IBM computers. Like There was a ninth floor computer room. This was the part of the thing that drove people nuts. They smashed the windows. They showered the streets of Montreal with computer cards. And you're saying, hey, wait a minute, you're talking about racism. What the fuck has computer cards got to do with it? Well, that's why you had so many engineering students outside shouting out pretty horrible things about what they would do if they could get in. And it was the riot police and the Montreal police force stopping other Sir George students from coming in, charging in, and retaking, like going on all-out battle, which would have resulted in some deaths. Absolutely. No doubt. The police had to keep out other students. These students, the engineering students in particular, watched as their entire year's work were showered down on the streets, like raining cards, IBM punch cards, of all their work, not saved on a mainframe somewhere. That wasn't happening. These are punch cards. That's how you do your programming. And uh, they just, you know, a group just went nuts. Hey, I can't fit. My work is gone and I can't finish and I can't even complete my studies and I want to get in. And I don't even believe there was racism here anyway, but it became a a bigger and bigger thing. Now, I'm not going to load up all my biases because I have biases. Um, I'm, I'm owning up to that because I've been called on it too, uh, from listeners to this podcast and in, in a good way, in a way like, Ken, I'd like to help you see the error of your ways, really that kind of way. Um, but I just, I, I'm just intrigued because it was such an interesting story and it was a big story. And the fact that again, it's another one of these pieces of history. Who knows about that? Who, what, what? What's Sir George Williams? No, you mean Concordia? Yeah, Concordia. Back then it was Sir George Williams, the Henry F. Hall building, where all this took place, where I had all my classes. I was there. I was in the auditorium, and Roosevelt Douglas was talking and shouting and saying, hey, 
this is this is a mockery. We're not going to get justice here. We've accused this professor of blatant racism against the black students, and the university has done nothing about this to address our concerns. Let's all go up and take over the faculty lounge. And they did. They marched. I was there watching all this happen. It was a pretty exciting time. But I was not one of the people protesting alongside the black students, as were many other white students. Uh, we were saying, hey, what the hell's going on? There must be another way to settle this. But uh, for those people, they just wanted to point out, I mean, one of the comments in the film was, Canadians are racist, except that they apologize for being racist. They like to apologize for being racist, which he thought was funny, and I guess a lot of people thought was funny. I, I did some Google search here, and I read another report from what was the Atlanta Black Star. So this is a newspaper that you can guess from the name of the paper. It's going to have a different perspective. Um, among the protesters were Roosevelt Douglas, the future prime minister of Dominica. Roosevelt Douglas, he was there. And Ann Coules would later serve as a Canadian senator, and she was interviewed. And my personal belief is, if you're going to evolve as a human and a society, we must admit our faults. That was from Mina Shun, uh, the film director. And she's saying, hey, there is racism, and we have to own up to it. And that's kind of what this was uh, being uh, explored here. All right, I guess, probably. Uh, there was an awful lot of hatred, and a lot of hatred more so once the students had taken over and, and basically destroyed like a million dollars worth of computer equipment. And and I mean, this was evident from the smoke coming out of the building and so on, the cards raining down. And the number of people out there without any sympathy at all saying, what the fuck? <coughs> but it also brought out, undoubtedly, um the racists who were there at the time, who were these people who were protesting, were saying, hey, you're out there. We're experiencing it. We're, we're seeing it. We're feeling it. We're being treated differently. And those people who were outside the university at the time were chanting, let the N-words burn. Uh, once the fire started and the police were having to go in and uh, arrest them. About 100 people arrested and, uh, you know, only... A few served jail time, I think. So again, this preceded the FLQ crisis. So Montreal was a a hotbed of activity when I was living there, although I was living in white suburban machine. Um, that was my university. I was in town every day watching all of this. And uh, it was a pretty interesting story. All right. So I guess I'm going to leave it there. 22 minutes. Yeah. I'm going to uh, stop right now and say, gosh, maybe we've already almost finished a podcast. I don't know. Scarborough Dude, signing out. Hope you're still engaged to some degree. Uh, I've got to do a lot more. I've uh, I've got to start making... Yeah, never mind. Bye for now. I listened back to a couple of clips yesterday and realized, wow, that bell can really be loud. But, uh, hey, that's what happens. Hope I haven't hurt any of your ears. Scarborough Dude here on uh, January 6, 2022. 
it, it is, of course, the uh, one-year anniversary of the storming of the Capitol. Um, a couple of quotes here while we're on it. Uh, Biden this morning. Those who stormed the Capitol held a dagger at the throat of America and American democracy. It was a pretty strong speech uh, condemning Trump, or the past president, not Trump by name. And uh, that was good. It had to be said. Uh, one of the lines which I think um, I heard on CNN, which I think really does sum it up, and it's, of course, been said before, they were trying to stop the peaceful transfer of power. And that that sums it all up. That's why that day when they were counting and about to swear in Biden as the next president, Storm the Capitol. Stop it from happening. They were trying to stop the peaceful transfer of power. Now, if that isn't an offense that should involve trials and jail time, holy shit, what is? You know, if they let this slip by, um, and by they, I guess I mean the uh, the Democrats and the few Republicans, but mainly Americans as a whole, like, hey— Wake up! That that wasn't just a minor little protest, you know, about some issue. That was storming the Capitol and saying "fuck, we're taking over." Um, that was an insurrection. So anyway, you know, I I knew today I would have to mention that because it's it's a day in history, and I was thinking back of days in history that I've witnessed in my lifetime, you know, since 1948, or the ones that I'm aware of. Uh, moon landing, I don't, you know, for everybody, it was a really big deal. And I, and I guess to me, it was like a foregone conclusion. Yeah, it's going to happen. So it, it almost seemed anticlimactic, but yeah, it was a, a big deal. I think I was much more blown away is probably not a good term to use by the assassination of uh, Kennedy. And then the follow-up live on television, Jack Ruby shooting Lee Harvey Oswald. Holy fuck, if that wasn't a setup, you know, I'm not, let's not get into all conspiracies, but to have a guy know when he was coming through and being able to get in there with a gun and shoot the guy at close range, you know, oh, whoa, 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 there's more to the story here. Um, and that was the end of it. Wow, we're not going to hear from Lee, we're not going to find out any more about Lee Harvey Oswald. That case is closed. Done. So that those were big deals. 9-11, of course, you know, wow. And and that was probably the biggest on, on, on well, I mean, it was it just in terms of numbers, uh, you know, outside of another war. <coughs> that still is with me. Those images, and they'll never go away. I mean, that that's, that's just so big. Um... I guess, you know, I talked about already about the uh, the FLQ and the bombing campaign uh, for the liberation of Quebec. Um, that's done and gone. It's over. But, yeah, lived through that. I mean, the soldiers on the streets, you know, the, uh, the War Measures Act in Montreal. Um, the other one, uh, of course... I mentioned, talked about it yesterday. I think I did. My God. Yeah. The um, university, the uh, Sir George Williams University, the could be called race riot, the uh, taking over of the uh, basically of the university of the uh, Henry F. Hall building and uh, 
all that followed. And man, that was a tense time and that was very real. And it's just, it, it just still amazes me that it's not at all common knowledge. It's just something that's, you know, gone quietly. Okay, yeah, we had, a, we had an incident. But it was, it was bigger than that. Um, anyway, I can't imagine. I was thinking of having my shower. What are the things I'm going to miss? What You know, when I'm dead, what will my children be witnessing in terms of, you know, historic events that have an impact that will maybe change life? I mean, the, the FLQ did change the nature of politics in Quebec for the better. In the end, um, they had votes, they had democratic votes, and they failed both times to separate Quebec, you know, a pledge to separate from the rest of Canada. But the change came about because people were more and more aware of the disparity between the French and the English and the discrimination and the the, the fight for rights, for preserving a language and a culture, and so on. Uh, those are good things in the end. Uh, but, you know, what's ahead? This whole idea of the uh, 2024 election in America, like that, well, that's coming up. I'll probably be around for that one. Holy shit! If Trump is still in the game? Uh, and that's why today is important, and, and that the follow-through and, and you know holding people accountable. God, I sure hope that happens or continues to happen. So that's about it. On top of my um, on my note, I, I sort of for each, this I use the uh, memory thing in uh, that comes with your iPhone and of course it syncs on all my other devices. And I've got several categories. Dixon Jane Zine, Dixon Jane's Destination, Notes, Health, Home, Kamajo, my former school, miscellaneous personal recipes, road trek, teaching, uh, my book, waiting for now, the, the church, and so on, like tons of them. And then for each episode, I'll put a number, and I'll just, if there's something I need to remember, I'll put it there. Uh, at the top of today's was, with three exclamation marks, the word shoulds. And it's because I just feel so guilty about knowing there's other things that I should be doing, like cleaning my office, like um, maybe going down to the basement and, and uh, you know, updating my Henry Miller collection, you know, on my uh, database. Okay, what books do I have? And so on, as I've done with my whole beat collection. Think, simple things that I could do and should do, but just don't feel like doing. And my office, it's, you know, the floor is cleaned up, but there's still papers everywhere that haven't been filed or put away. That would be, if, I guess the should should have the um, uh, qualifier, if I were to die tomorrow, you know, like, hey, they don't leave this shit for your family to sort out. My God. The nightmare of my office and what papers and what bank accounts, what what things would just be passed on to Nalco to have to suddenly, you know, and especially the ones where the bills don't come in the mail. You just get an, an online notice. Uh, we're not set up so that she's getting all those, you know, and then suddenly there's going to be, 
interest added on. And if it's going to me, oh my God. So a better, you know, higher up on the list of shoulds are preparing for me not being here. You know, I, I mean, I've made the odd list, and we, you know, there are uh, there is a will, uh, but God damn! And the things the day goes by, and I guess I really, really got into a slump with the uh, Christmas sort of holidays. And oh yeah, man, just just everybody, it's COVID. Stay home, relax, just chill, chill. Don't don't beat up on yourself. And I've really got into that mindset, and it's getting harder. It's like in the old days when I used to go from job to job and periods of no jobs in between. One thing I learned was if you're working, you get a lot more done. And I don't mean just the work that you're paid to do. I mean your whole life. You just become more efficient. And when you're off for a stretch of time, especially if there's ash or weed involved, you get nothing done. And I'm not, although I'm not smoking, and I'm not drinking much at all, I'm in that slump. And, and I'm, the excuse I've got is, well, I'm old now. I don't have to. But no, you still got to do shit. You still got to keep your shit in order. So I'm paying bills. I mean, it's not that I'm personally not doing this stuff, but it is what wouldn't get done if I were suddenly to kick off. And then you just feel guilty. And then when you feel guilty, you feel shitty. And when you feel shitty, you don't want to do anything. I just want to fucking nap, man. Leave me alone. You just don't want to do it. So the the truth that I have to come out with now here to you is I'm using podcast as a, as a crutch. I'm using podcasting as a thing. Well, I'm doing something. Like this is something. And, and I got to do this. And I will have done something this week. I will have put out a one-hour podcast. Come on, what more do you want? That's something, isn't it? And that's probably not healthy. And I know I've dodged around this several times in the past. And because this is fun. This is easy. This is (laughs) all too often a no-brainer. How much thinking is really involved? No, it's just talking, man. You don't have to think. You just got to talk. (laughs) I laugh but the thing is I do feel better at the end after this I'm in the road track now I'm going to go in the house I'm going to upload this I'm going to slap together a podcast if there's extra space or you know I may throw in another song I hope you enjoy the last songs I enjoyed I played I enjoyed all the songs I put on I enjoy I wouldn't do it but you know I will have felt I've done something so maybe I'm going to tell myself, okay, but you got to do one more thing. That's not enough. You got to do one more thing today. Like the Jack Kerouac book that's sitting beside your chair in the living room, having made down, it made it downstairs two days ago. Now I've got to take it down one more floor. I got to find a place for that in my beat library. So yeah, that's what I'll do today. I will carry a book to the basement bar. And who knows what that may bring on. Uh, the other shoulds, I bought this, you know, device, scanning device uh, that I wanted so much. The one where I got scammed on and got my money back and got a new one that works. I haven't done any slide scanning since then. And I know that I've lost, that I've got 
a lot of photos somewhere that I need to organize and, and, you know, get rid of the extras and find out, okay, which ones do I really need to keep? And then again, it becomes like an overwhelming task. No, it's much too big a job. I can't possibly do that today or tomorrow or next week. 